and we welcome you to join us on this last Sunday of the month of September when we come to worship him in spirit and in truth. We want to welcome you a little something like this.
Thank God for this beautiful day that we have today. Yes, sir. Let's go ahead and have a word of prayer. Let's invite God into this place. Amen. Amen. As we prepare to receive the word. Father God, we come. Thank you, Lord, for being who you are, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one which was and is and is to come, the everlasting God. Father, we thank you, Heavenly Father, for the time you touched us and awakened us this morning, Lord. You allowed us and blessed us to make it here safe and sound, Heavenly Father, to the house of worship. Lord, please bless our minds, our bodies, and our spirits as we prepare to worship you in truth and in spirit, Heavenly Father. Father, please bless the pastor as he prepares to deliver your word, Heavenly Father. Please bless that the word will fall on salt, fertile ground, Heavenly Father, and change us from the inside out, Heavenly Father. Father, we thank you most of all for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the ultimate price you paid for all mankind on Calvary, Lord. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, we magnify you. It's the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. Amen. The scripture reading will come from Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. We're going to do verses 11 through 15. If you're able to stand out of God's word, you may do so. Titus chapter 2. Go down to verse 11. We're going to do 11 through 15. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. And it reads, For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We shall live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. While we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. You must teach these things and encourage the believers to do them. You have the authority to correct them when necessary, so don't let anyone disregard what you say. Amen. Oh, 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 
the church to demonstrate to the world what it looks like. When people come into the gathering of the saints, wherever that may be, it does not have to be brick and mortar. It does not have to be a central location. But whenever two or three are together, what the Bible says, certainly I'm in So when we are two to three, when we are family, when we are with our brothers and our sisters in Christ, there should be a change in the atmosphere. The church should be expression what it means to follow after Christ. The church is called to do good work. Tell your neighbor, the church is called to do good work. Look at, with me in Titus, uh, the second chapter, uh, looking at verses 11 to 15. Uh, this writer, Paul, writing to Titus and how he needs to work and create and being a leader in establishing the church is giving some strict instructions of how discipline should be expressed within the body of believers. It's time that this text will remind us uh, that people should not be talking badly about the church. But yet they should be speaking with affirmations and approval and grace because of the good things that we're doing. And so here comes in the contrast what we might see in our community and in our world because many of us have fallen short of doing what God's called us to do. But we thank God for his grace that we don't have to stay there. Tell your neighbor, you don't have to stay there. And since we don't have to stay there, we can get instructions, we can get directions, we can get assistance and help to get us to the positions and the place we ought to be that we can say, thank God for being right here. Look with me here, verses 11 to 15, reading from the New Living Translation. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this. We, we should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. While we look for the hope to the wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ will be revealed. He gave us His life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us His very own people. Totally committed to doing good deeds, you must teach these things and encourage the believers to do them. You have the authority to correct them when necessary, so don't let anyone disregard what you say. This instruction he gives to Titus to basically speak with power and authority and saying that you have the necessary power and the authority to teach and correct. Do not let anyone disregard what you say. But also, this also goes collectively that when we are obedient to the will of God, it's going to be hard for people to discredit what the church ought to be. For, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us, it says, uh, Jesus, make sure that I won't leave you comfortless, but I will leave you with the Holy Ghost. Uh, the Holy Ghost will teach you to observe all things, to hear all things, understand all things. And so when we have this Holy Spirit, it enables us to not walk in ungodliness and worldly passions, but yet we will live a self-controlled life, which is upright and godly. Uh, this is what God has called us to do. And, and he pointed out we are doing this with a great anticipation and expectation uh, that Jesus is coming back again. Yes, 
We need to remind ourselves that Christ is coming back again. We, we live in this world sometimes and we forget that he's coming back again, that we start living how we want to live. But if we had that in the back of our mind, that he's going to show up at any time, the question would be, would you be happy? If he showed up at this moment right now, would you be like, I had to stage down for the reason. I had the door closed for a reason. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to show up. <laughs> Catching me, not ready. Uh, matter of fact, that's how we understand when we have a due date, all of a sudden, we spend all the time trying to get it right before the due date. But when we don't have the due date right there, we're doing everything but what we should be doing. I'm not talking to somebody. But if we understand that man does not know the day, nor the hour, it can come at any time. So we might as well be living right, right now, than try to live right later. For tomorrow might be too late. And so Christ gave himself up so that we can live for him. He redeemed us from all wickedness so that we could be called blameless and spotless before him. Uh, this is what Paul is encouraging Titus and pro pro proclamation here that you must teach these things, encourage the believers to do them. You have the authority to correct them with the necessary, so don't let anyone disregard you. We are called to be examples, models. We are called to be holy and set apart. The instructions to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures is basically important to us to understand if I call Christ to be my personal Lord and Savior. We talked about it last Sunday. If he's the head of my life, then am I following his instructions? Am I checking in with him and saying, Lord, do I have permission to do this? Is it according to thy will? Are we able to say, let your will be done, not my will be done? Are we able to deny ourselves and pick up our cross and follow after Christ? Paul is calling us to be self-controlled. And the reason why we need to be self-controlled is that we must first submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Once we are subjected to the Holy Spirit, now we're open to receive instructions and directions of how we ought to talk, how we ought to be behave and behold one another. In this world, we see people treat people disrespectfully. We've seen it acceptable to call people outside their names and give them idle threats and, and plan that we plan on follow up with them. That's why we see so many homicides. We see so many people arsons, burning somebody's house down, so many people doing damage to other people's property, all because they have no self-control. We live in a world when we don't know how to handle when we get some emotions. It's okay to have these emotions, but the problem is how do we respond when we get these emotions? Paul instructs us to live self-controlled life, an upright and godly lives in this present age. This is what we ought to do for those as we wait for the blessed hope. In Jesus. What does it mean to deny ungodliness? Well, it means if it's not godly, that means it's ungodly. <laughs> Another way to put it is that our sinful actions were actions that were no good. And our no good actions don't please a good God. And so if God is good, we should seek to do what is good. Psalm 14 and 1 says, only fools say in their hearts there is no God. They are corrupt and their actions are evil. Not one of them does good. Watch out. Don't let that be a quote for you. Let me read it one more time. It says, only fools say in their hearts, there is no God. Then he points out not what they say, but what they do. They are corrupt 
and their actions are evil. Not one of them does good. Do you understand that people can say stuff, but we also watch what they do more than what we listen to what they say? You can say that you are for me, but yet you are doing a lot of things to hurt me. <laughs> you say that you want me to succeed, but you're doing a lot of things to make it hard for me to succeed. You, you say you want what's best for me, but every time I'm looking around, I'm getting what's not good for me. We understand that people can say a lot of things. Uh, the songwriters say they smile in your face, but all the time they're trying to take your place. <laughs> The backstab. <laughs> we, we, we understand what people can tell you what you want to hear, but they don't do what you want to see. We got to be mindful that we allow God's word to get in our heart, uh, that it starts wrecking us and hurting us. And that's why it's good to come to the church where you don't want to come. It, it means that I have to submit myself and surrender myself, do some things I don't want to do. Yes, I might hear some things I don't want to hear. Because I like living in sin. Watch out. Wait a minute. Did I just say that? But well, why are you living the way you live? If you don't like it. <laughs> Oftentimes, we don't want to admit it, but we like it. But then when that shame and guilt comes in, we want that to be taken away. But what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me white as snow? Nothing but the blood of of GC. We understand that living in sin is going to leave a stain. It's going to hurt me. It's going to depress me and break me down. But when I turn over to Jesus, oh, I get joy. I get peace. I get hope. It's encouraging to do the hard right instead of doing the easy wrong. Psalm 53.1 says ungodliness is a living for oneself. And, and we, we need to understand that there is no good one living uh, and ungodliness. We need to not live for ourselves, but in essence, we ought to make God our God and remove ourselves as God. When we make ourselves God, we are trying to fill ourselves up and make ourselves feel good, but we're not saying, God, let your will be done. Do you understand that Christ is coming back again? Which means that everything that's here on earth is going to be gone. So why are you trying to hold on to stuff that's not going to last? Think about how if you were robbed and you lost everything in your house, but it, yet you're able to count all the people. Y'all didn't hear me. You're not as upset about what you lost in that house. We understand where true value is. There's no greater value than your life. What did Christ say? What does a man profit? Gain the whole world and loses his soul. We understand what is most precious to us, but sometimes our priority is not in order. And that we'd rather spend time here doing this than spending time with our loved ones. We'd rather spend more time doing other things than trying to tell how we can serve and help somebody else. If we can get our priorities in order, I think we'll be all right. And so one thing to help us get our priority orders is think of what is good. God is good. Well, what does God like? You ask some good questions. <laughs> well, God helped his people to understand with these instructions. Y'all see that they're entitled. It says God has given us instructions. Well, I, I, might, I might think that uh, this writer Paul might be referring back to the law. 
the, 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 the word that God gave to Moses in the first, in the Pentateuch, the first five books, and one of those books is the Leviticus, which means the law. And Leviticus 18 chapter, verse 30 says, so obey my instructions and do not defile yourselves by coming, by committing any of these detestable practices that were committed by the people who lived in the land before you. I am the Lord your God. My, 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 my. Here it is. The Bible tells them then, don't get caught up with what's popular where you are. <laughs> do what I called you to do. We live in a world now that people want you to do everything that is popular. And, and everything that is popular is not permissible. It's not acceptable in the will of God. God called them back then that you ought to be different than those that you are living with. There should be a symbol upon you that shows that I don't live like you. Though I'm in this evil, sinful world, I've been called to be righteous. I've been called to do what's good. I've been called to show submission to the will of God. There's some times in our lives that we need to separate ourselves from some people that are not for our benefit. They're not helping us to reach our, our greatest person, our greatest self, but instead they let us stay at our lower level because that's where they are. They're not aspiring to get better either. So why would they confess? Or why would they repent when they're happy to live in their mess? But when you want to change, when you want to get better, all of a sudden now they want to criticize you. They want to talk about you. You ain't so good. You're not special. And that's when you remind them that I'm so glad that you... You, your eyes are not the eyes of God. <laughs> because God tells me that I am special. <laughs> How do I know that I am special? Well, when he made Adam and Eve, he said, I made them and they are good. And I am a child of Adam and Eve. <laughs> Matter of fact, through that seed of Adam and Eve came a child named Abraham. And God says, you will be a father of many nations. <laughs> I am a child of Abraham. <laughs> Glory be to God. And the reason why I'm a child of Abraham, I'm not, I can't chase myself back to that lineage, but I called on the name of Jesus. Have you heard of Jesus? Jesus was born of the lineage of Abraham from 42 generations down to the lineage of King David, and he was born of the Virgin Mary to the Joseph, and he died on the cross for my sins, and all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You, you say there's nothing special about me, but yet he hung his head, and for me he died. I think that's special. And when you know that you've been special, you can look at that person that's trying to look down upon you. Say, you can look down upon me, but I'm going to look up. <laughs> but where all my help comes, and all my help comes from the Lord. I'm not caught up with this stuff that's going to get burnt up, <laughs> this stuff that's going to get thrown away. But I'm going to follow and trust in him. See how we can change our perspective by not looking for what's bad, but looking for what's good. God has called you to be separate. He called you to be different. Tell your neighbor, I am different. Tell your neighbor, I am special. And I'm not special because what I have done, but because what he has done for me. But yet God has given us some instructions. Again, uh, this, this, this nice chapter in Leviticus. <laughs> the 11th chapter now, verse 45, says that, For I, the Lord, am the one who brought you up from the land of Egypt that I might be your God. Therefore, you must be holy because I am holy. Do you understand that when we are all holy, it means that we are set apart, that we are different, that we are sacred, that we are tools and vessels to be used by God 
for a holy purpose. And you know, if God is holy, then my work needs to be holy. Now, holy is not something that's unreachable. Holy is what you can do. Help me out, preacher, and let me help you out. I'm glad you asked some questions. But what is holy? Loving your neighbor. <laughs> how, how is that holy? For God is love. <laughs> and so if God is love, then let me do what God is. <laughs> oh, 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 God is forgiven. Oh, thank you, God. So how can I be holy? Forgiving my neighbor. Now, now some of us might be feeling like Peter now. Well, who is my neighbor? <laughs> well, everybody is your neighbor. How often times should I forgive? Seventy times seven. Basically, stop counting. Just keep on forgiving. The question is, how many times has God forgiven you? Watch out. I know you stop counting after two. Our God is so good that he does not give us a second chance. He gives us a thousand chances times 100 to the exponent <laughs> and keep on counting. Basically, we know that I don't know how many times, but it's infinity. Thank you, God. So when we understand what it is, look what God says in Micah, the sixth chapter. Know, O people, the Lord has told you what is good. And what is good is that he requires that you do what is right, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. You understand that if we are to live humble and live righteously and, and walk humbly with our God and love mercy, we are doing good. We're living holy. See, we get caught up about being holy means that we are perfect. Here's again, I'm going to help you out. There's nobody here perfect. Some of us are trying to find that perfect church. Well, I'm going to let you know if you found it and you joined it, it's no longer perfect. We are all in need of God's grace. That's why he, we take all the broken pieces, that's us, and we come together, we make something beautiful. <laughs> because God can take the broken and put it together and make something special. And so when we can come together and say, Lord, I need thee every hour, I need thee. I'm not perfect. I don't have this all together, but Lord, here I am. That's why God said, that's all I ask. <laughs> he said, come. Who come? Come all you are weary. <laughs> who are tired. Whatever. He didn't say come who was all ready and fit. Everybody that thinks they're ready, they're not ready. But when we become broken, we humble ourselves before the Lord and say, Lord, here I am. You are the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and shake me. When we understand that God, you who has begun a good work, will complete until the Lord comes back again. So since I know the Lord is coming, Lord, let me be ready. When he shows up. Living in humble community with one another is responding to God's grace. It will lead other people to join this fellowship. It will lead others who want to be in your presence. Because they know when they come around you, they will see love. Or they will see grace. They will see mercy. And here's a beautiful thing that you can point out to them when they come around you, when they don't know Jesus. You can let them know this world makes you think you've been defeated. This world makes you think you are a loser because you don't have a big house. You don't drive a fancy car. You don't have access to a private jet. I don't know about you, but I don't know very many people like that. <laughs> I see, read about people, but I don't know them. The people that I know have life with Christ. And those who have life with Christ, they are richer than those billionaires ever will be. <laughs> 
They're not depressed and upset trying to hold on to the bill, but they're trying to find how much they can give. Y'all watch out somebody. I, I'm around people that like to give so much that we want to make sure everybody else has something to eat. We don't want to make sure that I can eat, then I, after I eat, then you can eat. No, no, we make sure we can give. It's amazing how God changes our heart that we're not into how much I can get, but how much I can give. Because the Bible says that the last shall be first and the first shall be last. The greatest is the servant of all. God has called us to serve one another. The world makes you want everybody to serve you. Let's not get caught up with what the world cares because we live in a sinful world. If you are getting instructions from the sinful world, you are getting bad instructions. God has given us instructions to do what is good. Am I talking to somebody? And so when we are loving and caring one for another, people come into this fellowship. People come upon your presence. They are looking to say, what does love look like? And you can tell them love looks like this, that I'm not ashamed of what Christ has done for me. Why, why am I not ashamed? Well, Romans 1, 16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is able to say, well, glory be to God. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes to the Jew first and also the Gentile. That's when you can let them know that if you don't call yourself a Jew, then you must be a Gentile. The Gentiles, everybody that's not a Jew. But yet God, guess what? God still chose you <laughs> because you are special. He died on the cross for you. Why does it matter that Jesus died for me? Well, he defeated death. Why, why does it matter that he defeated death? Well, that means that you won't be cast in hell. Why does it matter that I won't be cast in hell? Because hell means to be separated from God. Why does it matter that I'll be separated from God? Because down there, there'll be forever death and pain and suffering. Well, the worm does not die. Well, what's the opposite of hell? Well, that's called heaven. Well, well, what is heaven? Well, heaven means to be in the presence of God. Well, what do you get when you are in the presence of God? Well, my Bible reminds me, and I felt it. I know I get peace. Peace when my body is telling me. Peace when this world is, is, is giving me bad news day after day. Peace to know that this soon will pass. Because this is not my home. I got a home over in glory. Not only do I get peace in his presence, I get joy in his presence. Joy is not based on what's happening. <laughs> because what's happening is some bad news. All you got to do is turn on the news. You're going to get some bad news. And that's not going to give you a reason to be happy. But when I think about Jesus and all he's done for me, <laughs> I, I start thinking about how he's been good to me, better than I deserve. And the song's talking about how you ought to count your blessings. And start thinking about God, you've been good to me. Though, as Job says, though he's slain me, <laughs> Yet I will trust him. We understand that I'm going through some hardships, but yet I got joy knowing that my God is my all in all. And knowing that I'm living in this cruel world filled with sin, I've been called to live wisely and be pure and to work on oh, glory be to God. And so if I'm going to live pure and live holy and work, then I got to tell people that in his presence, not only do I have peace, not only do I have joy, but I have life. Life. Christ says now, I've come to give us life and life more abundantly. When he says that he gives us life, it has no end. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
he goes on to say, I am the life and the resurrection. Though you believe me, though you shall die, yet you shall live. Do you believe this? <laughs> That's what he said. Do you believe this? Yes, I believe. So we believe and are we monitoring, are we exampling that, are we demonstrating that, modeling that for other people? Let me, let me read to us again Titus 2, 11 to 15. I want you to grab here how the church should be called to be holy, uh, to be set apart, uh, to be models in this kingdom. Look what the Bible says to us. It says, for grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to who? All people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. While we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ will be revealed. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people. Totally committed to doing what? Good deeds. You see, again, it's pointing out what God has done for us and what we ought to do for him. We ought to tell somebody what Christ has done for you. Yes, sir. You ought to testify every day of your life what Christ has done for you. And may your passion, your passion you have for Christ be expressed in how you live. Because Jesus' passion for you was expressed. Look what 11 says, for the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. Well, how was salvation brought to all people? Well, Jesus moved with compassion, humbled himself to come in the form of a slave and to serve his own creation. This passion moved him to die for us while we were still his enemy and living in sin. This same passion of Jesus Christ moved him to give up his life to pay our debt for our sins. This passion moved him to allow to be betrayed by Judas and, and be crucified and be beaten and be lied on in a kangaroo trial. That they flogged him and screamed crucify him as they marched him to Calvary. And they put thorns on his staff and hit him with a stick and they drove nails in his hand and a spike in his foot and they hung him high. And they stretched him wide. He breathed his last. And he hung his head and died. But we know that's not how the story ends. Because three days later, after he was buried in a rich man's tomb, a tomb that wasn't going to be his permanent home. Because early Sunday morning, he got up. The Bible says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And now we should live waiting for him coming back again, knowing that we have victory in him. No, I am living in this sinful world. The Bible tells me that I ought to be righteous. I ought to live with wisdom and doing good deeds. The church needs everybody to be doing what they've been called to do so that we can see change happening within our community. When people don't know what change looks like, tell them I will show you what change looks like. Look how God has changed me. We know how to turn the other cheek. We know how to pray and bless and curse not. We know how to forgive and forever be under control and subjection of the Holy Spirit. And we also we know how to confess when we mess up. 
You don't walk around saying, I got it all together. Let her know that I was wrong. Please forgive me. We understand what it means to forgive and to be forgiven. Because we say, Lord, forgive us. Our trespass, as we forgive those who trespass against us. We understand how we want to love somebody because no greater love than this for a man to lay his life down for another. You don't have to necessarily lay your life down, but will you lay your pride down? Will you lay your ego down? Your, self, your selfish interest down? Will you lay down your finance? Will you lay down whatever you like to collect? Will you lay down your job? Lay down things that you allow to become your idol and become more greater than your God? And say, Lord, forgive me for losing focus. And may I be bold in proclaiming who you are, that I will be the church you called us to be, and realize I am needed by my brothers and sisters, that I need to be an example for how to live in this sin-sick world, that they might have example. People can't be what they have not seen. So may we show them what a praying Christian looks like. May we show them what, what discipleship looks like. A lot of people have forgot how to come to church because they haven't came to church with anybody else. They don't know what it means to go to a church and, and maybe be there all day because <laughs> they haven't seen it done by anybody else. But maybe you can point out to them that you can come into the house of the Lord. How, how you can bend your knees in prayer. How you can wave your hands in worship. How you can sing to your God in prayer. A lot of people don't know the hymns because they don't go to church. So how can they hear the hymns? They don't know what a hymn book is. They don't know what it looks like because they haven't seen one. But you bring them into the church. That's how they're going to learn the song. That's how they're going to learn how to pray. I bet many of you say some things you heard somebody say in their prayers. Because that's how they open up their prayer. You say, they say, our Father, I'm going to say, our Father. They say, thank you, Lord. I'm going to say, thank you, Lord. We pick up by modeling what other people do and what other people say. And so maybe be like Paul says, follow me because I follow Christ. May the church point people to Christ and may the church point and bring change in our community because change begins in us. Let us pray. God, we are grateful that you are in control and that, Lord, you've called us to do good works, to do what is holy, what is right, and what is true. God, forgive us the time that we've made it about something else. We thank you, Lord, that your grace and your mercy is everlasting. So, Lord, here we come confessing to you. Forgive us for forsaking the Sunday together. Forgive us for not coming in time of prayer. Forgive us for not coming in time of Bible study and disciples. Forgive us, oh God, for not being there with the other brothers, sisters, and Christ. But, Lord, we want to do better. Because, Father, we know we need to see change happening in our community. And, Lord, we realize that we need their strength in us. So may the church come together with power and in purpose. And Lord, may we be in the position where we need to be. And so that you are the head and we are the body. And may we follow your lead. Now, Lord, there might be someone here who does not know Jesus, who has not been baptized. Lord, I pray that they confess with their mouth and believe in their heart. That Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins, and they know that all who call on the Lord shall be saved. And Lord, I pray that. If this is a place of Zion or another church, will you lead them, guide them, direct them to that place of fellowship where they can be baptized and they can have celebration of the communion of the saints and the fellowship of believers. Now, Father, as we continue on in worship, continue to minister to our hearts. In Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen.
As we continue on in worship, we prepare to give God his tithes and our offering. Also, after worship, um, after um, dismiss offline, if those who want to learn more about Christ or have questions about baptism, I'll be available, amen, after worship to answer your questions, amen, or you can talk to our deacons, our ministers, and we can make sure we can let you know how you too can be obedient and follow the instructions of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Those who are willing to able to give online, you can go to our website, www.zionbcpoa.com, and you can get our app or also give right there online. Amen. Let's prepare our offerings before the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we freely give back to you where order belongs to you. Father, we thank you for those who have desired to give and yet have not. Lord, we thank you that you supply all our needs and you do all things well. So, Lord, bless what's been given. God bless and multiply the increase for the building of your kingdom for the evangelizing to the lost, to clothing of the naked, and, and ministering to our sick and our shutting hands first. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 We welcome to come forward as God leads you. God bless you for joining us live online. And may he bless you and keep until we meet again. Thank you.